I'm going to put the pressure on everybody. I'd like to see it end of the year. I don't care if it's on mini bikes, man, a five lap goon national. We'll do it. You know, we're not scared like that. Jerry and uh, Jerry, Jerry knees and Harry Wiles or Williams or something like that. You know, they're all talk. Episode 18, Tank Slapping Podcast. We had an awesome show last week. Russ Rogers was uh, the man of the hour, and he crushed it. It was a great show. Got my co-host back at it, sneaky Sammy Sabedra. How are you, bro? I'm uh, doing good. I can't believe how many people picked up on that sneaky uh, name because uh, I was made it down to Traveler's Rest this weekend, and all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, sneaky Sam, sneaky Sam. So it I don't know. It's you taken. perfect, bro. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I, it cracks me up. I, I listened to the show uh, two or three times, and that, that part of the show, it just it just cracks me up. It fits you well for whatever reason. But um, yeah, you mentioned Traveler's Rest. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I think it's uh, good to announce our guest for tonight. It's Bronson Bauman. And actually, we had planned to have Bronson on the show before he went to Traveler's Rest and pulled out a win. So let's talk quick about Traveler's Rest. You were there. I tried to follow it a little bit online. It was it was a long day, long night, but uh, a lot of great riders were there and um, some pretty good racing from the video clips that I've seen. But yeah, talk about Traveler's Sammy. Give us the old uh, paraphrase of the of the weekend. All right, man. I'll, I'll give you my elevator pitch on it. It was uh, first. It was great to be at a racetrack again. And it was kind of like a, a mix between a national and a local race, uh, like an old school local race where there's just there were so many people there. And I think that's what, uh, you know, kind of made uh, the, the program run uh, not as smooth as possible. It's just I think it was just a little bit of a cluster because there were so many people there. But end of the night, man, we got out of there late, but the racing was fantastic. The track was awesome. And uh, it it was awesome to be at, you know, and that twins main event was one for the books. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was hard for people to kind of find results. And from the videos I've seen, I know, I know it was Bronson Carver and Briar in the one main event. I saw Briar kind of came from the back and, and made it an interesting race there at the end. 10 lap main events are, are tough. I mean, I, I get the, um, the time, the time crunch, you, you got to get all the races in, but 10 laps for a pro is, is just tough to do, to just make up time. And, um, and things like that. But congrats, Bronson. I mean, that the, the guy, I, I call him a kid, but he's getting better every race, every year. You know, he's finally rounding in the form. And, uh, and then the open expert class, I think it's flip-flopped a bit. I know Breyer won that race. Um, comfortable-ish win. I saw the video of that. And then I think it was Carver and Bronson on the podium. So a couple surprises. You know, Meese not really doing as well as well as I thought he would have done. Um, Brandon Robinson, another guy, you know, clay half mile or clay ish short track, whatever it is. Uh, I expected B Rob to have a better day, but those outlaw races are tough. And it, like I said, 10 laps, it's hard to, hard to figure shit out in 10 laps. You know, you get a bad start or whatever. I mean, you know, probably the heat races are probably only four or six laps. So a lot of those local races are, are crap shoots, but no, I'm sure everybody, you got to size up the competition a bit and, you know, the guys who did well, the hard work during this quarantine's paying off. So uh, it's good to uh, good to see them guys do well and, and finish well. 
I just know I had a blast being there, you know. Uh, and like you said, you know, those uh, outlaw races, uh, it, it's kind of hard to sum up where someone's at because you don't know if they're experimenting or, like you said, Corey, short race. Uh, you know, it's hard to make up time in 10 laps. But as far as uh, just a spectator, somebody sitting there watching uh, the action, it was really good racing no matter how you put it. Certainly it is good to have a race right now. And uh, I didn't get a chance to make it down my – my team is still uh, out in California, finishing up the bikes and getting them ready for the year. They're actually gonna, you know, they're based in California, and uh, we'll talk about the AFT schedule here in a bit. But you know, um, there's no West Coast races for for my guys, and we race pretty much every weekend almost, you know. So they're actually gonna live out here for a few months just during the season. So the the bikes are the bikes are out west. I have a couple practice bikes I could have t- took down there and and uh and raced a bit but i don't want to take a knife to a gunfight there are a lot of the big teams are there bringing their their best equipment and i don't want to be out there with a zip tied front number plate and uh a two-year-old front tire on my 450 <laughs> so i decided to just spectate i did a bunch of cycling this weekend i did 69 miles on you know the anniversary of Nikki hayden's passing was friday and i had planned to go outside and ride 69 miles for him but it was pouring all day, and I'm like, well, shit, like, I want to ride, you know, I want to ride 69 miles for Nikki, and when I get it in my head, I'm going to do something, sure as shit, I'm going to get it done, and I ended up riding, it was like almost four hours on my trainer inside, I did 69 miles on my indoor trainer, so it wasn't the most fun thing I've done, but, uh, I've, I've done, but, uh, yeah, I've been putting a lot of time on my bicycle, and it was good to do that for, for Nikki, Nikki in memory of Nikki. That was really cool. I seen that, man. Uh, would it take you like three and a half hours or something? Yeah, I guess virtually I averaged 20 mile an hour. I mean, I was, I was cruising, but I, I mean, I didn't stop. I pushed, you know, I pushed the whole three and a half hours, like a decent, decent pace. Uh, I wanted to get it done so I could get off that damn thing. You know, I've, <laughs> I've, spent, I've spent a lot of time on that thing this winter and I like, I love it. It's, it, it mentally makes you tough. You know, I have a, I talk to Meese a lot about our training and uh, aspects and stuff, and he always kind of gives me crap for how long of efforts I put in rather than short efforts like we, we need for flat track. And I'm like, man, my my approach to training is, is every bit mental as it is physical. Like, yeah, I don't need to be out cycling for four hours or doing 600 miles in a week or whatever, but – like mentally, like I was so mentally weak when I, when I turned pro and I, I was quick to kind of give up and, and the way I kind of approach my training over the past four or five years is I like to do hard stuff because it mentally like makes you tougher. Like, so I, I use training a little bit different than most guys. I like the mental aspect of how hard it is. And, um, and that's kind of what I do. So it's just a little different, different approach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, talent only there's an old saying talent will only take you so far and once you get up to that you know that that top rung of the sport uh you quickly learn that you know you can't just rely on your talent it's a it's a mental game for sure yeah i i I hear your phone going off uh sneaky sam you want pause that pause that on us uh, but uh let me let me sneak on over to my uh sneak on over to my mute button (laughs) want to thank our sponsor of the show before we get too far into it, Bell Power Sports. All three champions from the American Flat Track Series wore the Bell Race Star Flex last season. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. 
Also want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor of the show, and that is the Moto America Series. They are the official AMA road racing series in the USA, led by 190-mile-an-hour superbikes. Road America kicks off the 2020 Moto America Championship season on May 29th to the 31st, and that is this weekend. All day racing with five classes. There are five ways to watch. Grab your pen and paper. This is going to be some really exciting racing. Moto America Live Plus, all day live streaming starting Friday, May 29th at 11 a.m. Central, plus all day Saturday. Also, big news, they have a TV package. Fox Sports 2, FS2, live Superbike Race 1 on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central, and FS1, Fox Sports 1, live Superbike Race 2 on Sunday at 1 p.m. Central. Superbike, um, sorry, the Supersport class will be live on MAV TV Saturday and Sunday. And then in days after the race weekend, Moto America Rewind and the Junior Cup, the Young Fast Kids, will be shown on FS2. And you can get all the backstory technology insights on Inside Moto America on NBCSN. Check it out on MotoAmerica.com and check your local listings for the coverage. Real excited. I got a lot of pals that race the Moto America series. And uh, I'm really excited. They're getting back underway, and uh, I'm rooting for rooting for my pals. And hopefully, everyone has a safe, fun race weekend. I'll be tuning in. Make sure you check out that coverage. I guess we could get into the schedule quick. What are your thoughts on the schedule? We'll call Bronson here in a bit, but I, we've mentioned the schedule. AFT announced their schedule. The season kicks off July 16th and 17th. Volusia, Florida. They, you know, and I guess it ends. You know, I, I forget the date. October-ish, whatever. In Daytona, I, I heard it's Daytona Short Track. So. Two finale races at Daytona Short Track. So what are your thoughts on the schedule, man? Uh, well, I look at it two different ways because, you know, as uh, most of you may know, I spin wrenches. So I look at it as uh, from that aspect and I also look at it from a writer's aspect. So I think it's awesome that we're, we even have the opportunity to have a series and, and be able to go to so many races. I think it's going to change up possibly some, some championships. Uh, I don't know about in the Twins class so much because – all those guys are so good everywhere, but maybe in the, you know, in the, in the singles class, it could change some things up there for sure. And, uh, you know, I know it's going to be tough on, uh, maybe some of the smaller dollar teams that have to come from the West coast and stay out here for those stints. Uh, like I think the last eight races are just back to back to back to back to back, you know? So I think it might throw some challenges for, uh, to teams like that, but man, I'm just, I'm just stoked that we're going to be able to go racing and, uh, you know, being an East coast guy, Hey man, I'm not upset. All the races are on the East coast, but <laughs> that's just, uh, that's my personal take. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, the, um, there's no TTs right now on the schedule for the twins. You know, you have the Springfield TT for the, for the singles riders and, and there's only one mile racetrack, two mile races so far. And from what I'm gathering, it's kind of a tentative deal. Um, the Springfield, uh, you know, it's on the schedule, but I, I've heard, you know, hopefully it happens. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, as far as for me as a rider, I I get to race more races now. You know, I wasn't I was only going to do, you know, just the production rounds, 15 races. But now, you know, there's no TT. So the production class runs every race as of right now. So, you know, it's good. Good for me. I, I, I want to race more and more opportunities to make make money and and I like short tracks, you know, Daytona short track, you know, I've, I've had some pretty good races there over the years. So I like that. I like clay half miles. I, there's two at Lima. I'm a Lima fan. And I think these, you know, a lot of these races are middle of summer, back to back, hot weather States, 
bring it on. Any X factor that we have for me, you know, I'm not the raw talent fastest guy out there, but you give me a 110 degree day and some rough conditions, I'm going to, I'm going to grind it out. So I like that aspect. And yeah, for the singles, it, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, for Shayna, it's like, it's good. There's no TTs, but it's also not good. There's no miles. So it kind of adds and takes away from certain riders. And I'm sure Wiles would like to see more TTs on the single and Sipes, you know, what's Sipes going to do? I race one rate. I mean, I, who knows? So it's not. yeah, the, I, I don't care. I'll race in a damn cornfield. I told Joey Mancari, he called me about the schedule. I'm like, bro, I don't care. I'll race tomorrow in a cornfield. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's just get it on. Um, but interesting, you know, the schedule came out and, and, you know, real fast kudos to AFT for, for making this happen, dude. It's not easy right now to put together a schedule and, and they did a great job and I'm thankful. Um, people want to complain, but it's a lot of the shit's out of their hands and they're trying to adapt the best way possible. Like we are. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's easy to sit back and, uh, you know, kind of bitch and moaning about certain things. I get that. But, uh, man, those are some tough shoes to be in to put together a schedule uh, with, with, the, with the hand that was dealt to everybody during this pandemic. So uh, I know, Corey, you know, you talked about your fitness. Man, I hope you're – I know you're ready because, uh, man, I know one thing. I know that Barberville is going to be a hot place in the middle of July. Yeah, Florida's hot in February sometimes. <laughs> that's what so. I'm saying. Yeah, eh, it's whatever, man. I like I said, I just want to race, so it's gonna suck for everybody. Hopefully, it sucks less for me. But but yeah, it, it'll be cool. I'm I'm excited, and we want to get Bronson a call. But real quick, I saw on Facebook, you know, there's some there's some really bad takes on Facebook on on the flat track pages, and I I glance on them every once in a while. I just um you know have nothing else to do. I, I'll glance. Just curious. And there was a take I saw yesterday where somebody called Breyer and Bronson mediocre riders. They uh, they said, what? yeah, Breyer's a mediocre rider on a factory team. And I'm like, well, shit, if Breyer's mediocre, I'm dog shit. Like, <laughs> I need to find a new hobby. <laughs> it's just like you ask any AFT rider out there, at least from a talent standpoint, if Breyer and Bronson are, are talented, there's that's never been a question. It, the guy's name was Vinny something. And uh, it was a bad take. And I almost commented. It almost sucked me right on in there. But it's like, man, Briar podiumed, I think it was like an SV1000 on a, a Pomona one year. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, it's just a, it was a bad take. Like, there's some that you can, like, debate a bit. But just, like, calling him a mediocre rider, it's like every other rider reading that was probably like, Briar mediocre? God, I, like, I'm garbage <laughs> <laughs> well you know sometimes man it's easy to get sucked into that i think there's some people that just like to stir the pot a little bit so you know man I, a lot of times I, I i catch myself like attacking my keyboard and then you know about halfway through three sentences in i'm like what am i doing i just erase it and just yeah and, and oh, i just stuck I, in yeah i just want you know make popcorn and watch the fiasco unfold <laughs> yeah there's there's some good arguments on there for sure i uh it's, it's pretty entertaining, but let's call mediocre rider number two, Bronson Bauman. Let's call Brombo and let's uh, let's chat with the, the big winner from the weekend. Hello. Happy Memorial Day, you bush light drinking son of a gun. Dude, lattes are where it's at. <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show, dude. I know you're a fan of the show, so now we got you on as a guest. 
Yeah, you, big, 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 big honor. You know, big job, big honor. Um, listen to, I think, every single one so far now, and uh, probably won't listen to this one, but you know how it goes. I can't blame you on that, man. Corey's always trying to get me to go back and critique, you know, and listen. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's so hard to hear yourself talk. So I get it. But uh, big weekend down in uh, South Carolina at Traveler's Rest. You had a good night. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that was a big job, man. Red play half miles aren't my strong suit, but it was a good weekend. Got some good testing then with the team. Just honestly really happy to be back. I mean, I miss this shit a lot. To finally get back, see the majority of the group. There's a few missing. I think Corey was a little bit scared to show his face around some people, but you know, got got to go racing and somehow pulled off a win in the second place. So not too shabby. Yeah, man. I I saw. It was kind of ironic. We we uh, decided to put get you on the show just be you know talk about your off season a bit and your off season part two, I, I, the quarantine life a little, and then you go out and you you pull a dub. So anybody listening. If, if if you're asked to be on tank slapping, go racing that the weekend like that weekend you might pull off a win like Bronson. So yeah, I watched the watched the race, man. That was a pretty solid win for you. You look good. Uh, I was te- before we got you on the show. You're slowly getting better, coming in the form a bit, and uh, I'm sure it feels good. Uh, you're probably amped up for the season. Yeah, definitely. This pandemic, everyone's going through it sucks. So I was just super excited to be back on track and. Yeah, getting getting on the talk show before the race. I mean, getting the word, you know, it, to get on here. It's uh, might might need to become a ritual before a national or something. That way, you know, we can really solidify some wins this year. I, I would uh, I would uh, be a fan of that, man. That'd be cool to see some, uh, you know, some of you like you guys came out a lot of the big teams at a, at a non-national to see that happen. I think that was cool on a lot of levels. Um, hey, man, I want to. You know, talk about your hometown. What's up? What's up with Salinas, California? Is there something in the water there? Because there's so many guys that come from that place. And if our listeners aren't aware of that, uh, you know, just to name a couple names. I mean, you got one of the guys that uh, won the Grand Slam, Doug Chandler uh, and Ricky Graham. And then that's just at the top of that list. What's up there, man? Is there something in the water? Man, I think it might be the lettuce, you know, eating, eating out of the uh, I think it's called the lettuce bowl of the world or lettuce capital of the world. Um, I mean, I've been out in Pennsylvania and there's foxy lettuce from Salinas, California. So it's something in the water, the lettuce, you know, the artichokes, whatever from around there. But yeah, it's uh, it's produced a lot of great, that's for sure. I mean, everyone thinks of Doug Chandler and Ricky Grant. You got some, uh, some guy named Briar Bauman from there who's done okay for himself when Sadly enough, that's my older brother, so um, we're doing all right for ourselves coming from uh, Salinas. Who is the fastest Salinas rider of all time? Who would you put on your uh, top top one or two Salinas riders? I mean, you mentioned Chandler. You mentioned uh, Ricky G. Who's your goat of a uh, Salinas flat track? Salinas flat track, I mean, it, it's hard to beat Ricky Graham for – flat track i would say uh you know all-around rider i've gotten to go trail riding a few times with doug Chandler. of course he's made a name for himself in the road racing world so it's really hard to compare i, I feel it's apples and oranges but i mean doug chandler and i are pretty good friends um sadly enough i never got to meet ricky g but i'm gonna have to go with doug just 
because he's a tool in one aspect, but he's also an awesome guy. I was at, I'm actually texting him right now talking about buying a bicycle from him. And he was just saying it didn't look like you talking about this weekend. He says, uh, yeah, throttle control. I was like, oh, come on, man, just sagging on me already. But. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Hey, man, you know, down, you, you know, talk about Traveler's Rest again, uh, of course, because that's the only thing there is to talk about right now race-wise. But uh, walking the pits, man, uh, you know, a couple people were like, hey, man, you know, wh- when they're talking about you, they're like, when's that guy going to start repping his, you know, his home state, man? Uh, when are you going to be proud and start repping your home state a little bit more? You got to pick a side of the fence. Where you at? I'm putting you on the spot. I make a joke about it, but I still shave my legs, so I still claim I'm from Salinas, California. So they, you ask anyone in Illinois, the guy I used to ride for, Dan Daphner, he's like, yeah, you shave your legs because you hang out with all the fruits and nuts in uh, California. So I, I still claim I'm from California. There's no doubt about it. You know, that's where I was born and raised. That's my hometown. Um, that's where, you know, my best friends are at. And I, I try and get back there as much as possible, but with uh, – this whole racing thing, it kind of gets in the way of it at times. Yeah, I honestly think that your dad, you, and your mom, you guys fit in perfect where you're at in Illinois. I mean, you guys are in the sticks of Illinois. Like, it takes, I, I've stayed there a couple days. I think it takes you like 20 minutes to get to a gas station. It's pretty gnarly. I mean, it's it fits you guys well. Like, you're very low key, you know, just kick back. Fire up the grill, charcoal, Barry Bauman special, and uh, a few a few bush lights. Barry Barry's a course drinker, but uh, I think Illinois fits you guys well. And do you miss Cali at all, or are you um, you know you do you, you like where you're at now? I mean, what's what do you prefer? Well, to be honest, I I don't live with my parents anymore. I uh, I live in I live about 20 miles from uh, or 20 minutes. I'm sorry from Peoria, DT. So I'm up in Peoria now, but. I think Barry Bowman loves Illinois because he'll go kill some shit and then throw it on the grill 20 minutes later. You know, he loves that. <laughs> have a Coors Light in hand. But, man, I, I miss California. Um, I do. But in the big picture, I love Illinois. And it's not because it's a great state by any means. It's just, uh, you know, the, the racing's thriving back here so much more. And that's what that's what I do. I'm a motorcycle racer. And, uh I, I want to be around it constantly, and there's a lot more of it, especially right now. I mean, not right now, right now with the whole pandemic BS, but um, California was great for going trail riding. I mean, people would always ask me, oh, man, you, you live close to the ocean? Yeah, I live 30 minutes from it. How often do you go? Shit, I probably went once a year at most. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, there's so much racing well, I, and that's how I ended up on the East Coast myself because, you know, I'm from California. Uh, but uh, there, there's so much racing in the Midwest, East Coast. And I kind of feel bad for you and your brother because you guys came from a place where there was so much racing and you guys missed it. I mean, they used to race like the Monterey Short Track. Uh, you know, some of the listeners might remember that as, uh, you know, California people as uh, the gladiator pit, man. I know you, you've heard tons of stories about that place. Uh, then the Salinas, uh, ENR benefit races. I believe the, there was a national there. They had like back in Oh nine. So, uh, did you ever get to, did you get to ride there at all? Or, I mean, it, yeah, I did. That was, uh, Salinas, um, sports complex. 
So yeah. it's more known for holding horse races and all that stuff. But yeah, it, um, it was called the half mile TT because it, you know, used turn one and two, the front straightaway and turn one and two of the half mile. And you'd have a uh, real sharp, like uh, I'm horrible at math, but I think like a 90 degree left hand turn to bring you back like into the infield. That was one of my all time favorite TT tracks until I got to ride Peoria TT. And, uh, but no, I've heard of the Gladiator Pit. Um, a guy that I grew, that kind of taught me how to go fast on um, TTs, his name's Bruce Johnson. Tammy and I, you, we've had talks about him. I, I've heard stories that he used to own that place, you know, Marnery Short Track. He'd ride up on the wall and firm shot it basically off into turn one and just was real fast there and so i've heard you know all the old board stories of all the great racing that happened in california and you know it, it almost bumps me out because of uh just how much i know how much racing there is now and it used to be so thick you know you could race four days a week in california between the monterey short track the airport and i mean those are two right in here at salinas and uh then you can go over to Lodi or Newman on a Friday night, Lodi Saturday night, and race all, all the District 36 class or races. And it, was, it was really strong back in the day, and it, it bums me out that there's not as much anymore. And even when Briar and I were racing, you know, 65, 85s, it wasn't necessarily huge there for having a whole lot of racing. I mean, we got to race damn near every weekend, but it wasn't um, – multiple tracks a week stuff like that like it used to be yeah it's it's kind of like that everywhere honestly even pennsylvania there was so many more racetracks back in the day you hear all these guys oh, i used to race every day all the all year it's like man like yeah it's just not not as much so um yeah it's kind of a bummer all the way around the board that's why we need more we need more race promoters, Brombo. We need uh, we need some more people to promote races. So maybe uh, when you're, when you're retired, whenever that is, you can uh, you, I know you did a ride day for the um, the the boys that got hurt this year, and that was a huge success. Or I'm sorry, last year, and that was a huge success. So maybe uh, promoter Bronson in the future. Yeah, um, definitely. I I, I kind of think of it. It's like, damn it, man. I I grew up in the wrong damn era just because. Like I said, I'm a motorcycle racer. This is what I do. It's all I know. It's what I love. And I'd much rather go race every single day than, you know, go to work. So, uh, yeah, anything that I can do in the future to help grow the sport. And I, I know Mies is doing a great job at promoting Lima. Really don't like giving that guy credit with it, but he does a great job with it. Um you know, it's something I would love to do in the future. But as of right now, my my main focus is uh, winning races and hopefully a championship here soon. Yeah. With that being said, what do you think of the 2020 schedule? The updated post quarantine schedule? No TTs, only Springfield Mile. We talked about before you came on the show. What do you What are your thoughts? How do you think it'll affect your year? And uh, do you think it'll change the outcome of the season for some riders? Man, when I first looked at the season, I said, fuck. You know, I just kind of put my head down and was like, because I'll admit it, I've said it before, I'm not the strongest on these slicker play half-mile tracks or play half-miles in general. And um, now leaving travel to this rest, I feel more confident. But uh, it, it'll be interesting because Briar and Mies, those are the two that 
I'm gunning for this year. They beat me last year. They're two health competitors. Briar was on the podium at every half mile, I believe, besides Lima. So, and he missed the podium two or three times last year. So, it's going to be tough. And uh, I know that they are a lot stronger than I am on those tracks. I I have had a few good runs on some half miles, but uh, I, it should be interesting for sure. I mean, you know, Mies, um that guy's going to be hungry. He doesn't like losing just as much as the next guy, probably even more. It, it fuels his fire. And uh, last time he lost the championship, the damn guy went out and won two back-to-back. So it'll be interesting to say, to say the least. Well, uh, you know, you, you, you've given yourself a tall order for a guy that uh, doesn't appeal to slippery half miles because <laughs> that's a lot of the races, uh, you know, that are on the AFT circuit, it seems like. But you've come such a long way, man. And uh, you look at guys like Jared and, or, or your brother, and they're, they're superstars in their, in their own right. But it, it seems like a lot of people look at you as a guy that was kind of uh, – I mean, look at your 2016 season. I think you finished like – 40th man you were a guy like that was a nobody in the series and i don't don't take that the wrong way but you know you were a struggling dude going to the races in a van you know what i mean you were like you were one of the guys just doing it and uh and and now now you are a uh, a star of the series man how did all that happen how did all that come together and i have no clue whatsoever um basically i'd rather be lucky than good any day and uh yeah as a lot of people know it, it, I was a struggling nobody. I mean, I was doing it for the love of it, going broke, spending way too much money, and having a hell of a time, you know? I was making memories, basically, and that's all I was doing. But uh, 2018, you know, it, it really stinks the way it came about. Brad Baker got injured. And I got a call, and it, I probably thought it was a prank at first. I thought it was fucking with me in all reality. And called uh called gary gray back that's who called me i was like there's no way you know the head guy at indian uh, chief of, you know indian racing is calling me right now and sure shit it it was i mean uh i got i got to fill in for um brian at the buffalo chip dp and brad at surgeon's hospital and i think i surprised a lot of people including myself and you know, it, it's just the way stuff works. You, there's no rhyme or reason. It just shit happens, good or bad. It just happens. And uh, I I was finally on the good end of the stick, basically. Um, you know, I used to say if I didn't have any bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And it, it's turned around for sure. And I count 2019 game there as a rookie season. I, I didn't know how to race halflings tracks or the bikes or, you know, I had some seat time on them and then, it's just hard to come into a new team, as a lot of people know. A lot of these top racers you need time to work with them. And luckily enough, the entire team was unreal. They're great guys. You know, they want to win, but they're not scared to uh, have a beer after the race and say, "Damn it, we just weren't good enough today." And they admit it. They'll bring it back next week and even better, as I would and my brother would. So, really puts a damper on the 2020 season. I came in really. Uh, focused mentally and physically in shape and you know once again just shit happens so we'll uh take the punches and we'll be ready for the first season first race of the AFC season yeah and uh and being as close with with you and Briar obviously as I am I've gotten to see 
just the struggles that you guys have gone through and you've seen some of the struggles that I've gone through and Shana and uh, it's never easy. Like we don't just wake up and boom, you've made it, you know? So you had an opportunity in front of you and, and you made the most of it. And for somebody like me, you know, I, I've, I've been in the same boat where I've kind of, I've always just done whatever it took to kind of grind it out and do the best I could with what I have. So to see somebody that I respect and, and I consider a little brother to, you know, actually get a shot and, and, and be able to make the most of that opportunity. It's pretty cool. And that's what it's all about. You know, I, I respect anybody that works hard and has a passion to, to do anything. And, um, you know, you, you had, there were some guys that probably, you know, were, were thinking you didn't deserve the ride and you don't hear that anymore. I mean, after a win and a third place in points, ain't no one saying shit now. So, um, kudos to you for, for capitalizing on the opportunity and then still striving to get better. Um, you know, you could you could sit around and say, oh, I got third in points and I won one race. And, uh, you know, that's a bad mentality to have. You know, I've, I've always been a guy and I think, you you know, it's you, you as well. And and the, and the good riders, they just want to get better every time. And and uh, so, that, yeah, I just I have a lot of respect for that. And so, yeah, good, good, good for you. I, I think the schedule, it's interesting for sure. Uh, we talked about it a little bit trying to scan through here. We got a couple of things for you. I guess we're going to change tune a bit. Supercross, man, this weekend, as well as the Moto America series, we have two series getting back to racing. What are your thoughts on uh, on those two series getting back underway? And, you know, are you excited for those those two series? I mean, at least we have something to watch now that involves motorsports. Yeah, um, to be completely honest, I, I really don't follow a whole lot of road racing, especially here in America. Um, I'll say one thing, I'm jealous. You know, after uh, getting race Travelers Rust, it's, I just want to go racing. That's it. Um, I, I'm really excited about having the Supercross come back on. You know, I'm, I'm leading the points in the Fantasy League. I'm, I'm kicking Briar's ass in that one. I got a seven-point lead advantage going into the next race and uh, feeling strong with my picks, you know. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm excited. Uh, Buddy and I were talking about the just the Fantasy League and Supercross getting into it. And it, it's actually kind of funny. The uh, We get pretty rubbed up over our Fantasy League in Supercross, but it's something to watch on TV again, and I'm, I'm jealous. That's for damn sure. I want to go racing, but good for them. So hope everyone stays safe. And, uh, they all get their season going and start finishing the end of the Supercross season safely as well. Hey, you know, you talk about uh, it's, it's time for everybody to go racing, and I know you talk about hitting the road again. And I know you might travel to the races in a little different style than you used to now that you're a superstar of the series, but uh, I'll I want to put you on the spot, man, and, and take you back to those van days. Who was, like, the worst guy to travel with? Um, no, honestly, like, well, actually, Max Whale. I, that guy's always got a piss. He's always fucking hungry. And he drives <laughs> like me. I, I, I drive until the needle hit B, and then I stop and fuel up. You fuel up. You, if there's food at the gas station, you get food there. But he's like, hey, there's a Burger King, or hey, there's a Quiznos. It's like, dude, no, like, it. We're on three quarters of a tank. Like we just stopped. I'm hungry. It's like, oh my god. And that was the trip all over South Carolina and back to me. But uh, no, everyone else I've traveled with has been pretty good. Um, traveled with Cody Johncox in a 16 foot box truck for a while, and then I just grinded miles out. And uh, Dana Coy and I went to a few races together. But 
Um, no, I mean, they, all good memories, and no one was necessarily bad besides Max. Like, we all kind of had, like, I've, I've grown up with the mentality going racing. Like, you get there, and then you go eat. Or, you know, when you're driving across country, it's not that you're in a rush to get there, but for me, I'm, everything's always a race. Like, you're racing the clock just to see if you can beat the time, or, you know, you're just, well, I, I just want to get there. So it's like, all right, no, we're not stopping to sit down at, Applebee's and have a nice family dinner. We're we'll grab I'll grab a bag of beef jerky and hit hit the road. That's it. So it's so funny you say you're not in a hurry, but we just want to get there. I, I have the, I grew up with the same mentality. I got it from my dad. We would just we would just leave Pennsylvania. We would not stop minus gas until we got to California, and we get there, and it's like, now what do we do? Like it, it's oh, so yeah, funny. Exactly. You, you want to beat the GPS? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it, it, I don't know how many other people are like it, but it's like, no, man, like, it's, it's a, uh, shit, I, I failed homeschooling, but um, metaphor, is there oxymoron, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not in a hurry, but I want to fucking get there. <laughs> if that's just the mentality I have. It's like, I set the cruise, I'm just hanging out, listening to music, watch a couple movies, and, you know, all right, we need fuel, get fuel, and that's it. Take a piss and get back in the van and go. <laughs> that's good man i love those i, I love like band stories because you know you hear so many man and people got all their little things like i mean i won't mention any names that rhyme with uh scott rump but uh if that means anything but that guy's got some classic little tricks and i know there's other guys you know hey everybody's asleep in the middle of the night so you turn on the ac and try to use up as much gas as possible because you know people take turns driving tanks or or you stop when there's like oh, yeah. still a quarter tank of gas left <laughs> you know and hopefully you can start yep. pumping before they wake up so you can get back to bed uh but man th- th- yeah, those yeah. are some those are the good times man yeah i mean i remember uh I was traveling with James Hart, and it was after, I think, uh, Sturgis. And we were getting close to home, and I was tired. It was getting later in the day, evening time. I hadn't really slept all that great the night before. And we had always split fuel, and I was driving his box truck. And of course, the thing don't have cruise control. Ah, his, his had cruise control, I'm sorry. But I wasn't driving with the cruise, and I just swore that thing. I, I knew I, paid for, I was paying for, like, the next tank or whatever, so I did not care out tired and that's how it went you know you drove until your tank was empty and then the next person got in and i just floored that thing everywhere i was driving it a hundred mile an hour as fast as the thing would go and he was in the back just kind of hanging out never said nothing and to the gas station he's like man that tank went quick like oh yeah you know, I, I don't know it's real hilly or something and <laughs> on the back and went to sleep are you more of a through-the-night driver or through-the-day? Like, I, I hate driving at night. Like, I don't mind driving at night, but once the sun comes up and you're still driving, like, that transition, I am ruined. Like, I, I'd rather get up at, like, 6 in the morning and drive till 4 in the afternoon than uh, than through the night. Man, I, I really go back and forth, to be completely honest. I, I, I wanted to leave for South Carolina at 4 a.m., and they talked me into 6 a.m. just to kind of get there at a decent time. Um, now, if it's, if I'm leaving the racetrack and it's midnight, and I'm, I mean, perfect example, uh, Texas in 2017 or 18, we got done racing at like 11 o'clock. I climbed on my, my box truck. I drove 24 hours to the cleanest just to get there straight. And I pulled over 
the feel alone, but I, I like driving at night a little bit more just due to less traffic. But during the day, like you say, when it comes to daytime, there's always that wall. If you can break through that wall while driving, you know, do whatever you can that, uh, what is it, 5, 6 a.m. when the sun comes up, that's kind of where my wall comes into play. It's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to do a stop crash with a van, running off the road, swerving, you know. But once I get through that wall, good. You know, it's like, all right, you kind of catch your second wind, the sun comes up, and you're good to drive the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I, uh, I tell you what. You know, uh, it's been, well, just like everybody, man, it's been a long time since I've been uh, on the road traveling, you know, since the end of last season. So I definitely uh, struggled on the drive home, man. It, I was I was hating life for a minute there. and uh, But so I, I could totally relate. And I know a lot of people listening could, could relate to that, too. Uh, it's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. But, hey, man, I got to say, there's two guys. Uh, I want to talk about goon riding because there's, like, two guys that, like, it's you and JJ5, man, Jake Johnson, you guys seem to have that down the best. I know I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a five-lap full-on goon shootout sometime between you two. Uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway. Man, I, uh, I, I really think Jake would have me hands down. I, I feel like I I can do it for a certain amount of time, but that guy can just put in the – I mean, it, it's like Scotty Parker puts down fast laps. Like I can just do it like second-hand. It's like it, – it's weird. It takes me a little, it really have to try harder to goon ride than it is for me to just go out and put it in normal laps. But that'd be pretty funny. They're fun to do just in general, because I mean, we'll go out to the moto track and towards the end of the day, you know, if it's a hot day, we'll do our motos and then, all right, you do a last moto. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll do one more. By the end of it, we're goon riding, brake checking each other in corners and just throttle happy idiots. Just, more so just fucking around having fun and uh it, jake's jake's pretty good at it i mean that guy is the definition of a natural talent and when it comes to goon riding he's a natural goon it's it's unbelievable it's really funny actually it's actually crazy i don't know if you've seen it but he can ride with his hand backwards like he can ride with his hands under the grip and he can go almost as fast with the hands like in a normal over the grip position as he can underneath. So like he's got his elbows down and he can, he like, he flies like, like on some of the like little short track stuff we do on like mini bikes, he'll flip his hands over and, and it's like, I tried to do it and I freaking just, I think I slammed into my refrigerator in my garage or something. Like I, I couldn't figure it out. And that guy was like, (laughs) <laughs> all an ass <laughs> all an ass doing it um yeah, i want to give it a, for jake, yeah. sorry for jake it's something like you've probably seen a video on youtube or facebook or something it's like oh that looks kind of interesting and goes out and just fucking does it you and me we're like all right well jake can do it we can do it we go out and crash our brains out high side or do whatever and jake's like yeah i, I just kind of did it one day and stuck you know the guy's just a natural talent yeah uh, I got a question for you, and I kind of, I kind of see you guys both. We, we ride moto. We've been riding more moto together when I'm with you, um, and I ride with Briar a decent amount now. But who do you think, like on the moto tour? You know, you got Briar, Jade, yourself, Vanderkoy, uh, Shayna, um, Chad, myself, B Rob. There's a squad. Um, who do you think's the best moto rider out of the flat track guys, and who's kind of like your sleeper pick, like? Who goes out there and just surprises you some days? 
Well, I mean, for a sleeper pick and surprising, I have to take Vanderpoint because you never know when that guy's going to cartwheel his shit. Um, <laughs> for the best all-around moto guy, it's, it's really hard between Briar and Jake because, I mean, Jake, I feel he can go out and put down a fast lap time, but he won't. I feel like he can't necessarily touch it the rest of the time. And Briar's pretty consistent, you know, lap after lap, hitting his marks and stuff. Uh, throttle control, he, he knows that bullshit, which is annoying. Um, but uh, it, it's really tough because Jake is, I mean, I'm not saying he can't touch like the, the fast lap time, but he'll go out and just throw down a heater and it's like, wow. And uh, But the thing about Jake is I haven't seen him ride Stan and Briar, and I think, I know you can contest for this as well, that Stan takes a completely different style of riding than my opinion than just riding normal dirt motocross. Riding dirt's uh, a lot easier, more consistent. Sand, it's so inconsistent, which is really good. But uh, it, it's a toss-up between Briar and Jake. They're definitely pretty even in my book. Um, just uh, that's about all I can say. I'd say I'm about third on the totem pole. I, I mean. But the sleeper, I'd have to say Vanderkoy. Third ain't bad. Third ain't bad, you know. Podium. Nothing wrong with bronze. Hey, bronze, brombo, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. (laughs) But, hey, man, I'm not going to let – I'm not going to let that goon riding thing go. I think uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put the pressure on everybody. I'd like to see it end of the year. I don't care if it's on mini bikes, man, a five-lap goon national. We'll do it. You know, we're not scared like that Jerry and uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Harry Wiles? Jerry Jerry Knees and Harry Wiles or Williams or something like that? You know, they're all talk. Uh, me here, Jake and I will go throw down. I mean, we'll clean each other out probably. Give it a ride, but we'll throw down on anybody. Yeah, when when you guys are goon riding, having a, a goon ride national, Meese and Wiles can throw on their singlets and uh, they can go have a wrestling match in the mud or something. Yeah, they, they can do that. I, we'll give them some baby oil or something like that as well. <laughs> this is going to be like the Fun. buffalo chip. <laughs> just wild. Yeah. Wrestling and goon riding. Uh, we just get a recreated the buffalo chip, I think. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, uh, to not man, I, I feel like bad switching gears here. But I had one more question for you. And, uh, I, I like I said, I kind of feel bad. I, I on switching gears, but it's my question I got for you. It's just something I want to know. Um, it was about uh, a Williams Grove in, in 2018 and uh, and Laconia in 2019. Both of those races were uh, they were cool moments for the sport. Uh, you know, your your first podium, your first national win. It's always good to see when uh, that kind of stuff happens for, for somebody new and fresh. Uh, but I just want to hear, like, you know, I know there are special moments for us as fans, but how special were those days to you? Can you repeat the question? I think I may have lost you. Yeah, I asked you out on a date. <laughs> what? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, can you can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good. I, I asked you out on a date. Hear me now? Uh yes, for sure. I see uh, you cooking. I, I don't want you know nothing fancy. Just I want a nice home cooked meal from you, Sammy. Oh, uh, done, done, man. I sausages, 
brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> bun. <laughs> no bun. Uh, extra sausage. Uh, anyway, man, uh, I guess my question was, I was just going to bring up totally switching gears, man, not to get all serious again, but uh, just I was mentioning uh, Laconia 20 uh, or Williams Grove 2018 and Laconia 2019. Uh, those were cool moments that happened uh, for the sport, you know, to see somebody like yourself, uh, somewhat of an underdog at that point, get in there and get on a podium. And then to see you get your first national wins, uh, that was uh, those were cool moments for the sport. But how was that for you? I mean, I mean, I know it was great. I know you won. I know you're you got on the podium. You're stoked there. But dude, what was that like? You know, to to experience your first podium. The first podium, man, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, it, I was going okay throughout the day. I took fourth in my semi and. Second row start, not stoked about that, but I was taken. I got off the line pretty decently and was running, uh, I don't know, inside the top ten and made a pass or made a couple passes, and I think I just passed Johnny Lewis for fifth and uh, had a red flag come out. I was like, fuck, oh, well, he went down and, uh, you know, he was back and restarted and I was starting fifth and I got a great start. As a pass, or I came out of turn two and third, I believe. And next thing you know, I was like, "All right, we're we're here." And passed in a second. I was like, "All right, someone's gonna freight me. There's a freight train coming. I, I I shouldn't be here, basically. You know, to pull it off is yeah, is great. I mean, I I don't think there's really anything more than amazing for me because I I wasn't considering myself for. A fighter for a podium that day. I don't think anyone was, to be completely honest, but it was just something I started feeling throughout the main event. I started following Briar around, which uh, helped me out quite a bit. You know, we ended up on the podium somehow. So, yeah, to get the first one and then Briar, my first one, two, and, you know, play people home now is really cool, special for sure. And uh, Linda going get my first win in Laconia with Briar finishing second. I mean, that was just icing on the cake. Father's Day weekend, just everything was right, you know. Um, I, I like short tracks, and I, I think I heard Brian Smith like, yeah, I hated Laconia, but I bet you Bronson Allen loves it. Like, no, I'm not a fan of it, but, I mean, it's still going to hold a special place in my heart, you know. But uh, it, that day was just undescribable in reality. I mean, Everything felt was going right, but it wasn't actually on on the board until the main event. I felt like, you know, everything felt great on the motorcycle. Made my new changes to the motorcycle. I felt good. I was like, all right, you know, it's twenty long, twenty five laps. But that one, that one hurt a little bit as well, just considering that I think we had four restarts, so five starts. I was worried about the clutch on the motorcycle, and but to finally pull it off and. Uh, to actually learn, I was the first uh, 37 in history to win at Grand National. It was pretty special as well. So I really, I remember everything of that day, but it's still hard to talk about. I mean, to finally get that first one, it's, it's undescribable in reality. Yeah, yeah. I, 
the podium thing I can re- I can relate to a bit uh, when you said that nobody expected you to get a podium that day at Williams Groove. That was kind of the same with my first podium. Everybody was probably like, "Damn, did everybody break in the final?" <laughs> but uh, uh, I can't. I don't know what it's like to to get that first premier class win as of right now. But it, it's just special to to see anybody just break through and grab that first win. You know, we were talking to Rusty Rogers last week and him talking about his first win at uh, Hagerstown. You know, he, he said, you know, it was the greatest thing he ever did in his life. So um, so that that's pretty cool. And, and uh, yeah, it was a good moment. But we appreciate you coming on the show, dude. We we'll, won't keep it too long. It's Memorial Day. Get out there and uh, drink a few brews. Enjoy the day. But we have our higher low line segment. And uh, we're going to ask you this or that question and then give us a brief explanation after you pick one. The first one I got for you is Budweiser or Coors Light? Oh, man. Um, to be completely honest, I'm not a huge beer drinker, period. I finally, like, I think two months ago, learned the taste between the difference. Um, I've never had a Budweiser, so I'm going to have to go with Coors Light on that one. And try and do Barry B. Proud, you know, the Coors Light over Bud. <laughs> All right, so um, who is a who is a better amateur rider, you or Briar? Briar for sure. Um, he he has all the number one plates from like amateur nationals and stuff to, to prove it. I mean, um, I feel like I've honestly been a sleeper all the way up until about last year. Um, I mean, I've had great races where you know I've amateur nationals, I clean swept the TT, but. I've had, you know, those good days, but Briar's definitely been the more consistent with the top threes, just like he was in 2019. So I'd say Briar for sure. All right. Soft shell or hard shell tacos? I know, you know, he's from Cali. Mexican food's big. Taco shop. We miss it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what are you going with, dude? Soft shell or hard shell? First of all, I'm going to slap the shit out of you next time I see you for even calling them a shell. They're, they're called tortillas. Tortillas. <laughs> Sammy, come on. You can back me up on that one, man. I can back tortillas. you 100% on that one, man. Tortillas, man. Not, honestly, nothing drives me up the, the wall more than when Alex is like, yeah, will you give me a shell? It's like, no, it's, it's a tortilla. I will not grab you a shell. But, but and if you're going to call anything a shell, it's a crunchy taco. That's it. You know, that's so it, for me, it's, it's all about the, my dad fries the corn tortillas and uh, oil a little bit just to heat them up a little bit, but um, soft shell, or it, you got me saying it right now. I'm pissed. I'm not happy. <laughs> hey, man, that's the Salinas roots shining through right there, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool, man. It's not cool. So, yeah, but soft corn tortillas all the way. So, all right, I got another one for you. This is a big debate, uh, you know, in the in the dirt track world, man. Who's your, who's your guy, Chris Carr or Scotty Parker? Scotty Parker, all the way. I mean, um, I know there's been times where uh, Carr lost the championship by single digits, but one thing I I want to brush up on is what well, was it like how Mies lost the championship to Briar last year by single digit where. Parker went out and was like, just thinking about the beer he's going to have after the race, or, you know, was Parker out there actually racing, you know? But Parker, I I know him on a personal level, and he's a hell of a guy. He, he loves to sport the fly track, dirt track, 
and uh, he's a cool guy in my opinion. I partner all the way. Yeah, it's actually crazy. The uh, the point standings last year in all the classes were really close. Like if you look at the standings, but they weren't they weren't really that close. Like Breyer wrapped up his points before the last race, but he I think his was the closest because you know Meadowlands was not an ideal situation, and same thing with Dalton. So yeah, it's that's that's the thing. Like you see the standings, but there's always kind of a story for for why they ended up like that and, and things like that. But um, next question for you, man. We got a couple more here. Rotax or 450 Framer? Oh, man. Um, that's a little bit hard because my Rotax is a bitch. Um, I've been building the thing for six years or something. I don't even know how long now. And I've gotten to ride it maybe three times, but... I have ridden a good Rotax once before, and it was it was quite a bit fun. But I have more seat time on a 450. So to answer your question, a framer in general, a woods framer on a nice thin cushion short track, all the way. All right. How about this, Daytona TT or Peoria TT? Uh, Peoria. That that's no doubt. I mean, Daytona. Daytona atmosphere is cool, but Peoria all the way. I mean, that's a true TT track. We don't run asphalt, shit like that there. So, um, now, it, Peoria did have a game moment with the two double jumps, or the double jumps, um, but it was still Peoria. It's it's on your guys' uh, Mount Rushmore, you know. It's legendary. Uh, Daytona TT, it's, it's cool, but Peoria all the way. Okay. I love like it. that. I like that. Last last one, man. Flat track, great. Like the great the greats of flat track. Are are they are they from the west coast or the east coast? Man, that's hard. Um I I gotta go with uh West Coast all the way. You know, where I'm from. Cal California's produced a lot of them, you know. Yeah, I guess. East Coast is good too. Yeah. Hey, that's the I best. Mean, dude, it, uh, everywhere has their greats. I mean, you guys, you, you're trying to claim Chris Carr, but I mean, he's from California. He is born in California. And that's honestly where I more so get that from. It's like, everyone's like, oh, well, he's an inbred, you know, or um, <laughs> is it inbred where, you know, you move? Uh, I don't know. I think that's where you're trying to get Inbred is when you, have a, when you have a when it's like you like marry your like cousin or something, have a kid. Yeah, exactly. So that's like um, wearing someone someone else's helmet, man. You just don't do that. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, I I like the West Coast, and a lot of people come from the West Coast. I mean, Carr being one of the greats, I I claim he's from the West Coast just because I mean he is born there and he spent a lot of his amateur career there. So. um I believe his mom still lives, what, 30 minutes from Lodi? Well, she, yeah, that's where they, they, they grew up right in the, like, Stockton, Manteca area. So, now nah, that, that's fair. I think wherever you race the, um, wherever you raced your amateur career is kind of where, I think that's where you're claimed, so, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, that, that's like me, oh, Michigan Mafia. It's like, dude, you, didn't you move there once you turned like 18 or something like that? Uh, you're, you're from Later. Pennsylvania, you know? Well, we don't 
have to claim Jared then, right? Like, uh, we we can give man. him away, right? We can give him away, right? I, I'll be okay with this. I that one, I, I don't mind, you know. It's, uh, whatever. <laughs> well, it doesn't, we appreciate it doesn't you me at all. So <laughs> we appreciate you taking time, dude, for coming on. It's good chatting with you. Uh, congrats again on the win. Big win job down in South Carolina, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on, and uh, big shout-out to you guys for doing this. I, I know, Corey, I talked to you, like, as soon as you released what you were doing a podcast, I was like, dude, I was thinking someone needed to bring something else out. And a really good job for you guys, and uh, you might need to get a little bit of threesome action going on with getting Jake back in here when he can, get all three of you guys in here. You need some love. You know, in there a little <laughs> bit more, but doing a great job, Sammy, and uh, appreciate it all. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on the on the show, man. And uh, you know, I, I know uh, a lot of people are really proud of you. You've done a good job with uh, the opportunity you've been given. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what you bring in 2020. Thanks, guys. Peace out, man. See ya. Brombo. I think Bravo. he broke. I think he broke Carver's record for the most curse words <laughs> from a guest, which I expected. That's that's my dude right there. That's Bronson. Um, I mean, dude, I, I love the personality. Like, I, I I'll have personality all day over people that are just beating around the bush trying to be politically correct. Like, Bronson in an interview is Bronson in a non-interview. That's that's what you're gonna get. Uh, great guy. And uh, and just hilarious, like that guy cracks me up. He's he's so funny. You gotta love. I mean, he's the real. I mean, you gotta love people that give it to you straight, you know. And like you said, Corey, it doesn't matter whether you're talking to him, uh, you know, at the back of his van or or you know on the podcast here. He's the same guy, and I think that's why so many people uh, like him. Yeah, he said in bread. He said... <laughs> <laughs> that was oh great, my God. dude. He's, lost, his vocabulary is a little off. Yeah, it's kind of like Shayna, dude. She'll call an exhibition race an expedition race. I'm like, ah, that's not the word. That's um, like Jared used to – if you listen to old interviews with Jared, he used to uh, struggle with Harley Davidson. He used to say what? Harley – yeah, yeah, listen. Uh, like if you go to uh, – what's that movie, uh, Wide Open? <laughs> he, he, would, he would say Harley Davidson. He would throw an N in there. You got to go back and listen, man. You got to pick up on it. <laughs> I do have that movie. I've, I'll have to tune. I'll have to tune her. Tune her back in. Check that out. Uh, any chance I can make fun of Jared and and uh, give him crap back for all the stuff he gives me, I definitely love it. I found a photo the other day. Len Len Breach. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. Len from the right. District Six races. Famous photographer has been posting a lot of photos, and there is a photo of a. Uh, the Paul Crumling Memorial XR100 race from Shippensburg. It was kind of a big deal. Um, they had an XR100 race there, and um, I've been able to win it. I won it once over PJ Jacobson. Johnny Lewis has won it. Um, I forget all the other people. I think Shayna won it. But Jared Meese, he got. There's a picture of him getting second to Johnny Lewis, and then there's a picture of him getting second to some guy with a beard. I don't even know who this guy was. It's some old guy. He was like 550, and you have Meese there. And I sent it to Jared. I'm like, silver medal, bro. And he, and he was just like, I don't even know who that guy is. I was like, I don't either, but he kicked your ass. So um, 
So yeah, uh, that any any chance I get to to give Meese crap, but no, in all honestly, you know, Meese is a is a really good dude. I, I know I give him crap here a lot, and he gets crap from everybody, but he uh, he just likes to kid around, and he he does. He's been a good friend to me, and he, he had definitely a. Uh, just one of the greats of the sport. We talked about the Mount Rushmore and he's, uh, he's on the outskirts trying to chisel his way into that. But let's talk a bit, Sammy, about, uh, this flat track fight club, uh, thing I've seen, man. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? It's hilarious. I love all these, uh, you know, I've seen all the, the, the videos of the old dudes. Well, I seen Smith's video as well, but the old guys, man, Parker, I mean, these guys are just talking shit and it's hilarious. I love it. So, uh, I'm rooting for the old guys. I'm an old guy, so I'm on their side and, uh, I, I just want to see what, what's going to go down. Yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you got the four young guys, you got Springer, I'm sorry. Hey, the young guys, you got the four legends, you got Springer, Parker, Carr, and Joe Cop, And then you got, you know, Meese, Halbert, Smith, and Sipes, and they're riding Bull Tacos. I think it's June 9th. Undisclosed location. I like the idea. It's cool. I know they had the Moto One. I think there's a couple more guys I, I would like to see in that race. You know, I'd like to be in it. A little Bull Taco Framer, like 360cc two-stroke. That's right up my alley. Uh, I think I, I think I could do some damage on that. But uh, yeah, it's it's a cool deal. It's some racing. I like the fact you know Parker. He's something else. That guy, his videos, he's, I don't, man, I don't even, you look at, you watch his videos, you're cracking up. You're like, that's the goat. Like, that's the greatest <laughs> to ever do it. Like, just, it's a guy I want to hang out with and drink beers with, though, for sure, right? I don't like, even I want, know. Like, I, I, you can't hang. I, I can't hang. Like, uh, he'll put me on the, he'll put me down. Like, I, I, dude, they drink beer. They drink more beer in a day than I drink water in a week. Like, I can't even put that much fluid in my body, let alone beer. It's it's crazy. Hardcore, man, those guys are hardcore. Maybe that's why they all don't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can tell the beer drinkers from the guys like I don't know, like Ronnie Jones. He's like fitness, cycling. Greg Tyser, those guys. I don't think they drink much, and they look like they could go out and and still get it done. So I'm interested in seeing like how Parker, Carr, Springer, Springer's a a beast like i want to see how they stack up against these guys and if they're gonna like actually get it on or if they're just kind of kind of make it a show i want to see i don't want to see any show i want to see i want to see some racing like i want to see them go at it get after it um that's kind of my thoughts on it i think it's going to depend on how many laps they do yeah, that's the thing, man. I think the I old just, guys, like, man, are good. Everybody's good for a couple laps. You know what I mean? You, you can do it. Like if you listen to the George Roder uh, show, man, you can get out there and hang for five laps. That's not a problem. But, you know, you start bumping 15 laps, it's tough on old dudes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know what else we have on the books right now to talk about, Sammy. Um, I went motocross in the day, so that was cool. I've been riding some moto and – uh, I crashed three times a day, which is kind of kind of uncharacteristic for me. Um, and one of the crashes was pretty funny. It's like this big bowl corner, and I lost the front end at the top of the bowl, and I just started falling to the right side of like the bowl and falling like into like a huge like gap. And like I I'm so short, I started tipping over and I couldn't like catch my my feet, and I just freaking like face planted, snapped my visor on my helmet, just like. The stupidest crash ever. 
Those are the and, worst, man. When you got like you when you don't crash hard, but you do like that four foot drop. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just embarrassing. It's like yeah. then I come back in the pits, I'm missing like six bolts for my rear fender. It was just like one of them days, but um yeah this saw the traveler's rest deal everyone was racing i felt man i need to get out and spin laps so um got to ride some moda today been been riding you know two three times a week and just getting ready to go now that we got a schedule it's kind of nice i you, you you know what you're planning for you can plan on bikes you know getting your bikes done and structure your training a bit and and just get ready to go so um like i said kudos to those guys for for uh for getting that schedule out uh i want to thank you know our sponsors for the show our title sponsor bell power sports all three champions from the american flat track series wore the bell race star flex last season check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products the quality and safety is unmatched if you start tank slapping you want to be protected by bell um also want to thank the vancouver flat track club vftc is a group of friends who like to go fast they host races at the pemberton speedway located between whistler and pemberton on highway 99 in british columbia canada check out their website at vancouverflattrack.com.com sorry about that for some history results schedule and uh and go see a race once they get underway here and our another new sponsor Evil Hours Racing. They are our sponsor for this week. They're a 501c nonprofit organization and flat track race team. Their mission is to help those with post-traumatic stress get the help they need and offset the financial burden associated with seeking innovative treatment. They sponsor Jeffrey Carver, Blake Lomas, and the hooligan riders Eric Hartley. If you want to support their mission, check them out online, social media, or uh, if you want to donate, send them an email, support at evilhoursracing.com. You know, with Memorial Day, I think it's uh, I think it's a good mission to uh, t- to get into. And uh, and then our, our boys at Fredericktown Yamaha, Ian Riley, make sure you check them out. You need anything for your bike, new tires, plastics, chain, um, you know, support your local dealer, support Fredericktown Yamaha. Give them a call, 301-663-8333. FredericktownYamaha.com. Call Ian Riley. He can ship you parts right to your door. You don't even have to leave. Um, anything you need for your bikes, um, give them a call. And hopefully the Barber Fritchie Classic happens July 4th. It's one of my favorite races on the schedule. If you're in the area and you want to support a good local race, all-star race, the boys from uh, Fredericktown Yamaha put on the Barber Fritchie Classic. Make sure you check that out. Yeah, cool race for sure that they put on, uh, you know, they, they are big backers of the sport uh, for a lot of years, and they put that Barbara Fritchie Classic. It's cool. It's one of my favorite races, uh, and it's the oldest running half mile in the country. I, I, don't, I think this year is the 99th, so um, it's, it's definitely a cool event. It happens uh, 4th of July every year, and I uh, hope you put it on your calendar. Yeah, and real fast, we 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 did the underdog. Or I'm sorry. This week we're doing the Mount Rushmore of underdog performances. Last week, I still get tweets and everything about our um, Mount Rushmore greatest riders. You know, it, it, that's such that a great be, debate. Such a great oh, debate, man. man. Yeah, it's it, there's so many different ways you could debate it. But real fast, I want to get into the underdog performances. Um, my four that I have, I've been talking to Bert Sumner a bit about this because I don't know like the old races super well, but Ricky Winsett, we've talked about that. Daytona, 
won it in 2000. I think it was 2000 or 2002. It was his only podium ever. It might have been his only top 10 ever in in the series, and he won at Daytona. Garth Bastian won Tunica, I think it was 01. And Garth might have made half a dozen main events in his career. I don't I don't know exactly. He's a really good rider, just never had the resources to to um to chase, you know, full seasons and things like that. But really cool, really cool guy. Garth won Tunica short track. Um big underdog performance. Shout out to Kenny Yoder, a local boy. He got fourth in that race. So that yeah. was that's pretty special. Our boy Yoder, um grew up racing with him. Um finished fourth in that same race. Uh Greg Sassman, I don't know if this is an underdog performance because he was a factory Harley rider at the time, but Greg won San Jose mile i think it was like 1975 i don't know my my history is a little skewed but um greg sassman and then steve asseltine also won daytona daytona produces a lot of underdog performances uh he won that in 1989 and that was kind of a big who you know a canadian rider go out and and win the win the short track i think it was over chris carr uh if i'm not mistaken so yeah be one of the best short trackers of all time to win daytona that's uh it's pretty cool who you got sammy that was a tough time to beat Chris Carr, too. And just to add in on your uh, Greg Sassman win at San Jose, he did that as a rookie expert, which is a, that's a pretty big deal, man. You know, uh, see a guy with a with a letter on his number plate win a national. So that's cool. Win a mile. Uh, yeah, win a mile. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, against some legends, man. I mean, Springer was there, Lawwell, Roberts, like, you know, some – stacked field so uh yeah that's a that's a cool mention uh everybody mentions uh, those are all awesome wins uh you know i'm gonna probably come back to this after this show and be like damn it why didn't i mention this guy or that guy or this race or that race but i was a little under the gun because i've been on the road coming back from traveler's rest but i did come up with a couple of underdog rides um gotta mention castle rock tt 1979 brad hurst a local boy uh, goes in, you know, first lap of the main event, crashes, dead last, picks himself up without a red flag, comes back and wins the national, like a hometown boy. That's a big deal. Like, what? That's an insane wow. story. So Brad Hurst, national number 51, Pacific Northwest rider, winning uh, Castle Rock in 79 was huge. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you mentioned it's your, your list is solid, Corey, because you got all those winners. But I got to mention a couple of uh, standout rides that stick out in my mind. Uh, when, when you say underdog, uh, one of my favorite riders, although I never got to see him ride, is uh, Jay Underdog Ridgeway. So, man, every ride Jay rode was an uh, 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 underdog effort. So I got to throw that in there, Jay Ridgeway for sure. But uh, two, two other guys, um, I'll mention one quick. Uh, I, I may jack up his name. Uh, actually, I came across him on Facebook like, I don't know, a long time ago. His, his, his uh, name is TJ – I don't know if it's Houghton or Houghton, but uh, the guy like had nothing, no money, and uh, had borrowed leathers from Ronnie Jones, and he slapped together a 250 and uh, went to the Santa Fe Short Track National and damn near won the thing, got second, you know, just coming out of the woodwork and, and mixed it up with the boys. There's pictures of him making uh, – I don't want to say – yeah, you know, there's pictures of him, you know, uh, putting guys to school like Ricky Graham, you know, from that race. So he that that's an honorable mention, too. But and, and last for me is a ride that uh, I was glad to witness. I was I was so pumped to be there for this uh, little Teddy Taylor, man. And for those of you that don't know who Teddy Taylor 
uh, who he was. Uh, he's so little that when he was national number 75, that Johnny Murphy fit into those leathers when he was on an 80. <laughs> so, like, that's how little Teddy Taylor was. And to top it off, the guy had no thumbs, right? So he's super tiny and no thumbs, four fingers. If you look at a lot of pictures, you'll see him always riding with no gloves because I guess gloves just got in his way. But that guy at the Sacramento Mile, I believe it was 1993, his number was 29Z then, went out in the heat race and diced it up with Scotty Parker, man. And that was amazing. A hometown boy to mix it up with Scotty Parker uh, at a place like Sacramento. That was insane. So he went out in the heat race, did that. And uh, main event time, he went out and put it on the box. I think he finished third. And uh, I know that's a special uh, that's a special race uh, because he got to do that in front of his dad before his dad passed away. So uh, that that's a cool, cool underdog story. Yeah, that is cool. And I, I, I actually did see that on the um, DairylandClassic.com page. I was kind of just uh, verifying some information, and I saw that. I was a, that was a cool, that was a cool podium finish. I didn't know, you know, much about Teddy Taylor, but um, yeah, kudos to to him for getting on the podium. I know it's not easy. You know, you gotta gotta have your shit together. It's it's not hard ish to get like a top 10 on, on a good day, like guys break or, you know, things like that. A lot of things can happen to get a top 10, but it's not, not a lot happens to where you can just sneak into a podium. Like any podium you get is earned. Um, and it's even more special and maybe I'm biased, but to get it as a privateer, you know, to, to get it against the big boys, the big dogs, um, you know, that's something I take a lot of a lot of pride in with uh, with some of my finishes is just um, what it took to get there. And and um, it just wasn't easy. And to, to get on the podium, that's that's special. But no, that's our Rushmore of underdog performances. Um, if you guys you want to chime in, I'm sure we're missing a bunch. So, uh, yeah, I want to wanna... social media. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys got to say about underdog performances. Uh, you know, a lot of people, we got a lot of response from the Mount Rushmore. So I'm looking forward to hearing the, uh, these responses. Yep, that's all I got. Make sure you guys subscribe. Hit us up SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review, good or bad. It definitely helps out. We'd like to hear from you. So leave us a review, um, follow us social media all that fun stuff and support our sponsors. Definitely. Uh, you know, without them, this wouldn't be possible. So I got Sammy. Um, peace. Peace.